And we are back here once again with another episode of the Iron Man podcast, episode number 279 with Mr. Professor Hayteen. This is going to be his second appearance on the show. So as you guys know, for most of the second appearances, if you want to get like, you know, the person's origin story, if I did happen to do it on their first appearance, then go and check out the first appearance of the guest on the show. The second time, I usually like to have them, you know, kind of grease the wheels up a little bit more, try to get a, lo- a little bit more spicy. But it just turns out for the comic book industry, whether it be mainstream, whether it be indie, there's just a whole lot of problems, man. That's just how it works. <laughs> there's nothing weird or wrong going on right now. What are right? you talking about? <laughs> it's just like every day I wake up and it's another problem. There, there, there literally isn't a day where there's not an issue. You know, it's always something. Well, it's it's normal. You follow Dragon Ball Z throughout your life. So, (laughs) you know, in Dragon Ball Z, people will will literally repeat shit narratives years ago that have been debunked. They'll be like, sub versus dub, just just randomly. No one's talking about nothing in the Dragon Ball Z community. Then on Twitter, some guy would be like, what do you like better? Sub versus dub. Uh, Goku's a bad father. Uh, Vegeta's a better dad. Just repeating the same shit narratives for like the last 30 years uh, goku's like, a great father this? if you're black he's the perfect representation of a black father <laughs> just that he dies instead of going out for milk but th- that still happens to black community in chicago and places like that so well they're monetized <laughs> so before we get into like comic book stuff I'll, I'll ask you these things first so how is youtube going actually it's going weird. I had one video. I've started doing Battletech videos because I just mm-hmm. can't do two comics every week anymore because it's just mm-hmm. burning me out. Because it's not just the the drama, but it just it it takes me like six hours, six to seven hours to do a good full review. Mm-hmm. While those Battletech videos, I can, I mean, I did one like I did just did a short that I just launched. Well, short, 10 minutes. That's short for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that took me, like, my breaks at work to do the presentation. Mm-hmm. And I recorded it between, like, five my time to, like, seven. So it took me about two hours to record and edit mm-hmm. 10 minutes. So it, those are really easy for me to do. And, of course, they're doing, like, gangbusters. I've got my first 3,000 view videos out of this. Those are huge. Yeah, I, I know that feeling. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think I'd have to check. I have to check my uh, Ripaverse video. The other, uh, my ISOM reviews, mm-hmm. uh, even my ISOM reviews, like ISOM 2 reviews, like at 800 views. My ISOM yeah. w- first thoughts, the, 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 the ones I did, like when I received the book, mm-hmm. about the same number of views. So, but I mean, those are the only literally the only comic reviews where i'm i got like decent views yeah like well i I can imagine my advantage my advantage Mm -hmm. is that a lot of people who watch my things are going to watch it more or less through so that's 20 minutes so that means 50 Mm -hmm. people watching 20 minutes is better than you know three thousand people watching two minutes in the end (laughs) because um i because you said you don't have enough time or you don't think the effort in those kind of comic book videos would be beneficial for you. Because when I go through like comic book videos on YouTube, because I never have really did it other than trying to go through like storytelling and having like 
you know, people show like the picture so I can follow I like, like the story and stuff when they kind of explain it from like their mm -hmm. point of view. The biggest comic book videos on comic book YouTube is mostly someone talking about like the newest like omnibus they got, the newest like freaking trade paperback coming out. People do like the weekly pull list. Th those are like the biggest videos generally, you yes. know? Yeah, and I mean, they don't go in depth on yeah. the comic itself. I mm -hmm. mean, that's what I do. I basically give a class on each comic that I go through. So, <laughs> I mean, like, that's why I'm the have, professor, right? You have people, like, uh, I follow Near Mint Collectibles, and I follow another guy. Because Near Mint mm -hmm. Collectibles, he always shows off the newest omnibuses. So just in case I need to go through, like, a big storyline. Like I told people mm -hmm. before, I told you, and I told uh, other people, I'd rather just get yeah. the omnibus or I'll just get yeah. the trade paperback. It's a lot more cost effective to do that. So there's a few that he's put out in this channel that I really like. There's one for like the Batman the Animated Series that mm -hmm. I'm going to be going over eventually, hopefully purchasing and get eventually too. But yeah, when I, when it comes to like comic book videos and stuff like that, it's either you're doing what, uh, what we just said or you're someone that's going to go through an entire storyline and then do like a seven hour, six hour comics explain video if you want to go that far into it. But that's like, you need like some massive editors for that because I'm not editing no seven hour video like that. That's ridiculous. I mean, I mean if I add up, even there, I think my format yeah. works kind of well because mm -hmm. you, you know, I, you grab a, a comic, you go through it, and I go through everything that I can through it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you have the good a good idea of what's going on and you have a good right. i mean i do the story then i do mm -hmm. like okay how's the art going how's the story mm -hmm. going i even go through the fucking ads so <laughs> like oh what God. ads are in that book these <laughs> are the ads in the book it, okay, it's actually I'll... important to do especially yeah. when you do older books because yeah. it's really fun to see like what the hell would they were they selling back then? Like the early Doom Patrol books, I've got like two early Doom Patrol book reviews on mm -hmm. my channel, and like the first one is the first appearance of the Doom Patrol. They did two reprints of recent ones, that's why. And uh, I mean, you see in it like big boxes of toys and stuff like that for a dollar mm -hmm. fifty. <laughs> yeah, like what? <laughs> like that well, would probably cost me a hundred fifty now. You <laughs> was crazy, dude. I, I like a single point now. Because I know back in the day when they had comic book ads, it was like legitimately different companies advertising their stuff in comic books. Yeah. Because they knew that they, they would get a lot of eyes on it. Now, I forgot when this actually became a thing. At a certain point, they were just advertising their own shit in there. That's they, all they're, they're doing They don't have legit now. advertisers. Yeah, like people, people don't even know this anymore, dude. They don't even have legit advertisers in there. I'm not saying the companies no, themselves can't advertise in their own books, but, you know. It, did you advertise your own stuff in your own books count as advertisement? You know? I mean, it's giving money from the left pocket to the right pocket. DC, <laughs> usually every book in DC, there's at least one revenue-generating ad in it. For a while, they had a few horror magazines. They had uh, they have board games, video games, a few different things like that. It's usually related to, like, Batman and stuff like that. Recently, it's a Batman board game virtual reality, enhanced reality thing. I have no idea what it is. But I mean, you usually have one revenue generating ad and you might have a big ad from uh, Warner Brothers. So Warner, it's still money giving left money, left pocket to the right pocket. But it's the big boss saying like, here, here's a, 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 a $10,000 check. Put an ad for Warner Brothers. Uh, you can come and visit our studios. 
So, I mean, the, the, the publisher gets some money out of that, even though it's from their own bosses. For Warner Brothers, moving money from left pocket to right pocket, for everybody else, it's actually a revenue-generating one. I haven't touched Marvel, as I keep saying. I don't give money to <laughs> Disney at all. Uh, Dark Horse, I've been getting some Dark Horse comics recently. It's all their own stuff that they're advertising in it. Image, it's usually... With Image, it's a bit weird because they're generally putting ads for their other stuff. Like in the Transformer book, you're going to have the ads for the G.I. Joe stuff that's coming out. So they're promoting their own books, but it's in the own their same lane. So when I was doing Indigo Children, it's the other books by the guys that did Indigo Children. And one of them is actually from Dark Horse, not from uh, Image. So when they do their ads, it's the ads for their own studio. It For Image, I can't understand why I would, was. But I mean, if you look at old ads, I've got in old um, Teen Titans. There's an ad for Twinkies in it. <laughs> it's a Batman ad for Twinkies and Batman's fighting the League of Assassins and he gives them Twinkies and they're like, wow, it's so good. I can't, uh, I can't believe this. And then they get arrested because they're eating their Twinkies. Those were great ads. <laughs> uh, so for me... I like like I told you before, whatever's in my pull list, because on League of Comics, you can put in like a wish list, which I use as a pull list to bring mm -hmm. in like okay, what I'm gonna, gonna be getting after I get paid, and eventually I'm just gonna clear out my pull list on it. Mm -hmm. And after that, like like I told you on Twitter, I'm just gonna be getting maybe like one series here and there because it's it's just not worth it. The storytelling and the some of the stuff is really bad. The only new mm -hmm. comic I've picked up recently, I, I and I might still by the whole uh the transformers mm -hmm. issues coming because i bought each number one i had mm -hmm. a chance to read it the newest issue that i bought for any comic book is about a marvel is a marvel ultimate spider-man issue number one i just bought that yesterday and i'm just waiting for it to come in so i can read that, and review it that's that it that actually looks good i'm worried yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm scared of spider-man good comic wise in 2024 Aunt may, Aunt may is dead but not uncle ben yeah, yeah, I saw that. I was like, I saw that, and I'm like, that different, that's but that could be cool. Yeah, I mean, we'll so see. I, but I, I mean, I, I mean, know, I buy man. a lot. I was supposed yeah. to get Green Lantern Seven this mm -hmm. week, and it didn't come in. They didn't get anything from DC at my local shop. It probably went to Quebec City rather than here because they've got seven stores across the province, so across the state. If you were in the U.S. and they. Basically, they order everything and then they redistribute it. So they probably like all my stuff's probably stuck like in Quebec City or in Montreal or something rather than where I'm at. So the only thing in my wish list right now is Ultimate Spider-Man. I got that. I got to buy the rest of issues for Predator versus Wolverine, Just League versus Kong and Batman Santa Claus, Silent Night. So basically, like if it's not some sort of like one shot or some special thing like those three, I'm just not going to be that interested what? in buying floppies. I'm, I'm just... Or Masters of, of, of the New Universe. Sure. You said that was actually pretty good. Which one? For uh, He-Man, uh, he Masters of the Universe. He-Man? It's yeah. weird. It's If you like He-Man, it's okay. If you don't like He-Man, it's, you know, it'll be something to read. Uh, right now, what I'm really into is uh, the new, G the, well, G.I. Joe 300 series mm -hmm. is just a follow-up from what they were doing at IDW, but they've got you know they're they're at image now so they'll be a little bit more free but the duke series that just came out 
is fantastic and it's in the same universe as the new transformer stuff so we're gonna start seeing some links and all that stuff in it that is actually something i'm interested in the dc stuff i'm getting i mean there's shazam and green lantern that's about it oh and the teen okay. titans all the teen Titans stuff i'm getting do you want giant size spider-man no. where it's a one shot of miles morales versus dylan brock venom No. <laughs> Why would anybody want that? You, because for, because yeah. Miles Morales is the better Spider-Man. Because, because you know what Marvel said they're going to do? They're going to start doing like giant size issues again coming up this year. And this was also they announced last year. Like with the, like they're going to do this like vampire event. Kind of like with Marvel Zombies. It's just going to be called Marvel Vampires or some shit probably. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be coming out in spring. A vampire event in spring, people. These guys don't know what the hell they're well, I mean, doing DC when it comes to advertising did their and big horror thing in the middle of summer last year right yeah the whole uh night terror yeah yeah night terrors. Uh-huh. yeah that was that was terrible that was that was awful the beast war stuff they're doing now is actually half decent as long as you're reading the you know the teen titans and the beast war mm-hmm. stuff if you read that it's fine anything else is trash <laughs> I, weren't they coming out with the spider-man miles morales team-up book it was supposed to be called like Spectacular Spider Man. Yes, yes, I've heard that. <laughs> oh I mean, God! I mean, I understand the whole Miles Morales thing in many different mm-hmm. reasons, but I mean, give him his own name or kill off Peter Parker. One of the two. <laughs> you can't have the two running around as as Spider Man in the same city, or I mean, you could move him to Portland or Chicago. I mean, move him somewhere else. He could be a Spider-Man of Chicago, dude. But then, he, then there would be too many, too much crime. He wouldn't be able to stop it. <laughs> I'm not saying I wouldn't even be interested, even like Dark Horse or Image Books. I, I have a few of them here and there, but like mm-hmm. some of the times, it's just the artwork that just doesn't grab me. It feels like the artwork is just kind of lazy and not really that. Yeah, well, interesting, I mean, actually. I posted that uh, that one comic mm-hmm. they had with the Sky Pirates or whatever, <laughs> and I was like. How is that supposed to entice me to buy a book? It looked terrible. I mean, honestly, while the Titan comic, the kid, the Conan run at Titan right now is fantastic. And actually, Titan, it, I've just learned of their existence, their um, their blood, uh, their uh, Bloodborne stuff is really good as well. The art is not that great. Okay, I'm not gonna say that the art is great in it. But it's what it's supposed to be for an horror action kind of thing based on a video game. It looks like the video game. So it's not bad for that, but it's not fantastic. Um, but the Conan stuff by Jim Zub is just fucking top tier. It's hard to beat. Like, I, I still kind of question, man, who is reading all this stuff? Like, if you Nobody. spent, if you bought all the stuff, Weekly. Well, first of all, you have more money than God, essentially, because this is a lot of titles here. There's not even just the mainstream stuff. People think it's just mainstream stuff. That's how you know you're talking to a fucking moron. There's Blood Moon. There's Image, Dark Horse. You have, like, Archie Comics. You have Titan Comics doing their own thing. Ahoy Comics do their thing. You know, you have people like Crockett. All those smaller guys coming up with their books. Generally, Valiant still still does stuff. You you have to... I basically split it in more different categories. Than, IDW is not going to be a fair long. <laughs> I mean, there's the big two, Marvel and DC. Oh, yeah. Sure. 
they're, they're their mm-hmm. own thing. They do their own stuff. That's fine. After that, you've got the all the mid-tier people. And those mid-tier people, Image, Dynamite, Boom, IDW, well, IDW, maybe not at the end of next year. But it's great. They survived one more year than I thought they would. Dark Horse. I mean, those guys, what they do, they do two things mainly. They do creator-owned stuff and licensed stuff. Mm-hmm. And you have to realize that their licensed stuff is what's probably keeping them in business. For Image, it's a bit different. Image is Spawn that's keeping them in business. Yeah. Not that difficult. And Image is mostly just the distributor of the other people's stuff. They kind of let, let, let them do whatever they want. Like, it's, it's crazy how, like, people talk about, like, indie people getting able to do what they want. But, no, there's a mainstream publisher that lets you do whatever you want to a certain extent, you know. But, it, but the thing with Image, people don't understand. I've checked their socials and stuff like that. The problem here with Image and Dark Horse and Valiant and Boomer, like people, dude, they get about as good interaction as we do. Yeah, they're, they're all for They have marketing. no reach. The <laughs> only person that's good right? at Image is Todd. If Todd puts something out, he's going to get 3 million views. Yeah. If anybody else talks, I mean, nobody gives a fuck. And I mean, they do, uh, they're still falling in the same niche. I mean, they've started hiring more people at Image. The people who's doing those Transformers stuff, mm-hmm. the people who are doing this G.I. Joe stuff with Larry Amma. I mean, yeah. those guys they're free to do pretty much whatever they want because they've got what they need. Same thing with the Jeff Johns that they've just hired uh, the, that bug studio with Jeff Johns there. He's going to be able to do whatever the fuck he wants as well. How so about those Carter? are still going to be good. How about quarter? What's up, buddy? McFarlane and Miller should create a new company and, and destroy the world. That's the thing though. They don't even need date date by, it wouldn't make business sense to do that. They're already both filthy rich doing being separate entities mm-hmm. unless they really just wanted to partner up together and do something together. There's just no reason to do that financially. It's like Mark Miller, household comic name, his stuff sells. We know his stuff sells store. Cause we saw the ICV two numbers stores mm-hmm. bought Mark Miller stuff in the high. He was basically top like two, like every single quarter to buy books. That's insane. Yeah. Like over yeah, Marvel it's... and DC stuff. That, that's crazy. Yeah. His stuff sells that much. Like I knew he was a household name back in the day when I was going through like Civil War. I was like, this guy's got some talent here. You know, obviously he has a kick ass and all the other stuff he's made and big game last year, best selling book on the market, obviously. So dark, yeah. like image, I don't know what they did to him or who like if someone, if someone no, no, it's mad. I have a very no, I have a very strong feeling. It's more a fact that uh he wanted to go to Dark Horse because Dark Horse is their own thing as well. Mm-hmm. And they're going to give him even more freedom than Image was going to give him. Because he's going to basically run Dark Horse at this point. I mean, honestly, what can Dark Horse... I mean, Dark Horse lives off Berserk re- reissues. And, yeah, you're right. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was going to try to say anything else, but, I mean, everything else that Dark Horse has... Yeah, after that manga deal went away from them, all they have is just Berserk. Like, what else does Dark Horse really have? Like, nothing. Like... So they yeah, add to add yeah. something, and they probably like went to Mark Millar and said, "Like, can you do something?" Sure. I mean, he doesn't you know, need they... money. He doesn't oh, need he... money, so he's happy to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Is Mark Miller going from Image to Dark Horse? Who factor in does kind of bring in people to buy books from them. That's a good thing. Actually. One other thing. Another thing it's gonna do. Uh, it, as soon as this happened, someone went up to uh, Millar and said, "Like, okay, are you gonna publish like letter-bound trade uh, trade paperbacks or letter-bound paperbacks?" 
And he was like, yeah, sure. That's what we're going to do. That's the first thing we want to do. So that might be why you went to Dark Horse, because they already have those lines of production for Berserk, where they do those letter bounds. So he was like, okay, do a letter bound for Kick-Ass, a letter bound for Magic Order, a letter bound for Jupiter's uh, Legacy. I mean, he doesn't, he, well, I mean, he's still, he's already written up to 2026, he said in an interview. So, I mean, he's still going to produce tons of stuff, but I mean, if he can reissue those old books in collector's edition. So, Bronson? Yeah, I'm chasing oh, out. All the clouds. I've got one to, not, one to nine on the letter, leather back berserk. Looks so damn good. Yeah, as everyone yeah, knows, those look really of, good. Everyone knows, I'm a huge fan of hardcovers, huge fan of omnibuses. You know, I love me some trade paperbacks too. You know, I if if you're a big creator like him and you have a collection of stories, release all that shit in trade paperback. You don't got to be doing like these reissues of floppies that ain't gonna sell to no one. Like, yeah, if they, you get to there's point, no point in re. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, you literally for Millar, I really see the the floppies. They're just um, what we call in French pre-published. What they do in <laughs> uh, what they do in magazine Spirou, magazine Tintin. They basically have you know, the regular Bande Disney art covers, what they mm-hmm. do is they split it into like eight or 12 parts and they put it in a magazine or weekly for like 12 weeks. Right. And when it's done, the book comes out. Mm-hmm. So it's literally the same thing, right. but monthly with an actual book. <laughs> You're going to have people who are going to be like, well, where do I start with some of your work? Well, if people don't know this with Mark Miller, all of this stuff is pretty much standalone. I know Big Game kind of crossed over a lot of his titles and stuff, but you could literally, he said, read Big Game and just be like, oh, okay. You know, that's another good thing about reading some of his stuff. And in fact, instead of hunting Magic down like Order issue, was great, honestly. Or it's... even if you're trying to like hunt down issue number ones, you know, like that's who needs to do that? If, can I just get issue number one on a fucking trade paperback and just read it? If you do, if because I think even if you get a trade paperback and you have issues number one through whatever, you if you just wanted to review issue one, you could just do that. You could just read the first issue. Well, that's what that's I it, do. Review most of it the time, and yeah. then yeah, or you review the whole thing. It, there's just like I know people like getting back issues, but I also question like why though? You know, it unless you just want to waste the money, go ahead and I. And well, I know I'm gonna I'm gonna say course, something horrible, but I know why? Larry's not gonna watch it. No, oh Larry, fuck <laughs> but that guy. there's no point. Look, a lot of people are still thinking that comic books are going to be worth something and that they're mm-hmm. going to oh, the whole speculate idea. on them. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you like, mean, yeah. And the mm-hmm. CGC shit. Mm-hmm. Comic books are worth jack shit, man. That's It's that simple. Yeah, I mean, they're worth very, the paper they're printed yeah. on. Yeah. So, what, what I have, so like, you know, Yu Gi Oh has the same thing too. Like, Yu Gi Oh at a certain point, had a bunch of people trying to like buy a whole bunch of older cards and resell them for high value. Same thing with like, I think all the markets like pokemon had it magic had it comic books have it but the thing here people need to understand dude is like for comic books and it's even different from trading cards unless it's a first appearance of a character or it's like the first issue of a really popular run that's it that's that's really all the money there or it's like it's a special one shot special heart like special like cover drawn by a a, a very famous person in comic books but there's not much there does that that, does that even have value I mean, I can go. I can go on. I mean, I can go on Google and type like the name, (laughs) the the issue number, and I'll type it, and I'll have the picture. So, I mean, it's like those uh, NFTs. I mean, is there any real value to it? But but you can uh, put it on your wall. Why would I put a comic book on my wall? If you do that, that's a. I need to report you to be in jail because that's insane. I mean, I've seen a guy. He was doing. uh, I was watching Larry. 
but he was uh, talking about the CGC bullshit that's going on right now. I mean, that's I, I heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically, CGC admitted that their stuff is bullshit and that, that there's no worth to a CGC box. But people are still going. I mean, people are so invested in it. They don't have a choice. But I mean, he was look. We we're looking at a video. He was fapping a video of a guy uh, talking about his own CGC stuff. And it was one of those guys who was actually going after CGC. But you look in the back of the guy and the wall is covered with CGC boxes. Mm-hmm. I'm like this. First, it doesn't look good. Those boxes don't look good. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And. I mean, if you want to have something up your wall, get a poster. I mean, I've got all my Ripiverse posters here in frames. I bought an actual frame. The frames worth more than the poster. (laughs) (laughs) And they're ready to go. I mean, my dad used to do that for uh, Star Wars movie posters. He (laughs) Actually, he didn't put them in frames. He actually had them laminated and then put on a slab of wood. (laughs) So they're indestructible, basically. (laughs) I'll be honest with you, dude. I never really got into that stuff. Like the whole grading your stuff. I always felt like doing it it's is cool for like a few items. Like a few doing it for like a few items, I think is cool. But when people started start to like basically make a whole market out of it, I was like, dude, I swear to God, I, I saw someone on eBay try they graded Batman Rebirth issue number one. And I was trying to sell it for like mm-hmm. 80 bucks. Batman Rebirth issue number one, written by Tom King. Well, it cost, him, it cost him 80 bucks to get it in this lab. That's the thing. I mean, oh, it's a money. God. It's like most art stuff. The CGC stuff is like most art stuff. It's a um, it's a money laundering scheme for really, really <laughs> rich people. Because you, you buy a comic for a thousand bucks, you put it in a slab, then you can resell it for three thousand. There's that two thousand dollars ear mm-hmm. that uh, was probably drug money, or <laughs> I could say other stuff that could get us even more demonetized. And monetize. We're on Rumble, Twitter, and Twitch. I don't even monetize these platforms. Uh, <laughs> Hellboss Corner but... says, "God got a dip. You, you got a good show. Thank you, man. Yeah, uh, follow on Blessing, Twitch, man. Rumble, or uh, you know, if you want, ever want to see the show more. So there, man. But I'm really, I, I'm really saying here. I mean, that's what you see in actual art well mm-hmm. modern art let's say actual art yeah. you know stuff like van gogh's and stuff like that those are word of fortune because they've <laughs> got value attached to them but i mean modern art right now i mean it was something in italy a guy made a statue it's a, an empty block of uh, an empty slab of marble you can imagine what's on the, st- the statues on it mm-hmm. that's literally what it is so it cost them a block of a block of marble so that's probably mm-hmm. something like three four hundred bucks right mm-hmm. this was he was paid ten thousand to do it then the guy who was who paid ten thousand for him to do it got it evaluated and he was it was evaluated to a million dollars and he sold it for five that's do the math that's four million dollars laundered that's all it is it's money laundering CGC is the same thing, except you've got some nice people like uh, the the fans of Eric July who will buy it because it's on sale somewhere. Or you'll have like at Capcan Comics, you have the option if you uh, six months in advance, because that's how long it takes for CGC to do shit. 
you can buy a book like six months in advance and pre-grade it. And it's mm -hmm. going to be like 80 bucks for you to pre-grade it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I definitely want to pre-grade my uh, latest issue of uh, Robin Hood. Yeah, that's what I want. Or Sainted Love. Oh, geez. You need to see that. Or it Smallville. Oh, uh, Pirate Nice, welcome to Smallville. Yeah, yeah you got to grade that, man. So much value in the future. I, I can see yeah. it right now. It'll be worth $5. <laughs> you can melt the slab it's in and make more money than the book. Okay, cost, open that link and you, share it, mate. Open the link and share it. You, you it will see, you, like... Dude, the, it would legit cost you more in shipping than you make on the book. Oh, God. <laughs> Open the oh, link I just sent and share it, and uh, I'm sure your fans will love it. Oh, Lord. What is this? You're trying to send me on some fucking voodoo priest hike right here? No, it's very basic. I mean, it's Capcan Comics. comics. Yeah, it's comics. the biggest It's the biggest company, uh, the biggest reseller in Canada for comics. Oh, shit. Okay. They've got a really good selection. Every once in a while, they've got to buy one, get one free sale. And that's when I spend like 200 bucks. And yes, you, you do realize for them to send this to me, they probably can't send this out to, to USA people. But if they did, if they no. could, that would cost me like it probably cost like a hundred dollars in shipping just to ship this out to me. <laughs> well, they're priced, they're, they're priced as the US prices for more, most stuff, but for US shipping is probably. But look at this one here Sainted Love, this particular cover in the particular book. I'm sure if you get this graded, you're gonna make a fortune. <laughs> New releases, I mean, who buys novels? that? Back Who issues. buys that? Co-assignment. Graphic novels. In stock graphic novels. What are we going to be shopping for here? Look at all this stuff. Ch I don't know. They've got That's so kind of cool, though. Stuff. I like that. Hmm. Preacher. Wonderland. There's stuff in there that probably moves tons of copies. Good lord, man. That's what the money is now German in comics, stuff. apparently. You just fucking sell back issues of stuff. Stuff that yeah. didn't sell initially when it dropped, but People went, hey, I must have judged you too harshly. That's literally what happened. Things got so bad that the, the era of comics that I would have grown up with if I was able to buy at the time instead of just having to read the stuff online, people literally judged the era like it was the worst thing ever. And in, in reality, I think we just were a little bit over-exaggerating. Things weren't that bad. But it, when it came to like the 2010s, you know, when it came to like the 20, it's all the same rules. It's the same rule as Final Fantasy. Yeah. Okay? The latest Final Fantasy that comes out is always the worst. And it always makes the Final Fantasy that came before look better. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. Yeah. <laughs> and for comic books, it's we've gotten to that point. And I mean, uh, what did I buy? buy? I bought DC Mechs, which is a thing that came out at the end of 2022. I didn't know. I just, Mechs, sounds cool. I'm a mech guy. You know me. So I was like, buy that. And it was, the art was cool, but right. the story was terrible. And I mean, how can you fuck up Batman and a giant robot. How do you fuck that up? And they hey, did. <laughs> we might be having Batman versus Optimus Prime since they might be merging with Warner Brothers and Paramount. <laughs> oh, well, that, that's the thing. It works. I mean, you, you don't remember the 80s. I kind of do because no I'm not that old, but I kind of do. And I remember mm -hmm. seeing this stuff because everything that came out in French was always five to six years after it came out mm -hmm. in English originally for us mm -hmm. in Quebec. And, uh, I mean, I remember those crazy crossovers. I remember Sergeant Slaughter being in G.I. Joe. I remember, um, 
who else? I remember those weird ass crossovers you had. They mm-hmm. they were there all the time in the 80s and the early 90s. That was fun. I mean, it, the, the Ninja Turtles teaming up with the Power Rangers. That was the highlight of my day back when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I watch the episode and it's beyond cringe. Yeah, what? yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the I worst mean, episode of that season too. Is that that episode was terrible? It's so yes, bad. It was. Good lord. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, it was terrible, but it was still fun. There was that mm-hmm. feeling of fun that you don't have in many comics nowadays. I mean, in French comics, I still get it when I get uh, some random things. But mm-hmm. I mean, in U.S. comics, things that are really fun, there isn't that much. Uh, Alpha Core, of course, that was incredible when I read it. And I was like, this looks and feels like an 80s comics. It's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you have Chuck, Dick- Chuck Dixon, someone who actually knows the industry someone who knows yeah. how to write yeah that's it's crazy when you hire people that know what they're doing instead of like fucking a diversity hire like with a d Brian? the dei is doing you know brian's, brian's i know i've read all of brian's Max? books yeah I, i've read all of his books on pirated websites and i didn't no, bother doing that no 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 yeah i don't even want to read anything by max but I mean, imagine here. Uh, what what else was? I mean, the Conan books. The Conan books. When I grab yeah. them, I'm like, "Fuck, this is, this is." I mean, it's because it's written like mm-hmm. an old Conan book. It, you still, I mean, it's not Howard. You can tell it's not Howard. But Jim Zub does a wonderful job at it, and I'm really happy with them. The Duke comic that came out from uh, Image Larry Hamas stuff, the new GI Joe stuff. That also felt like an 80s comic. The art is not great. I will say it. The art is not what it could be, but the story is really cool. And it's the kind of character I like, you know, a a former military guy doing some black ops stuff on the side, being a bit of a loose cannon. That's the kind of character I like to read about and I like to, Mm -hmm. you know, get into and that we don't have enough of in the end. Mm -hmm. So the other thing I want to go over, because I, as I've mentioned before, Professor, you know, he says things that, you know, you got to clip for YouTube because he just is the person <laughs> that, that just triggers people, actually. So I want to start it out like this. With the indie comics, uh, I would say industry. Would you call the indie comics space an industry? I don't I, I wouldn't really call it that. Oh, well, let's just call it a space because an industry would imply that it actually has like, you know, businesses that are going to. You buy a book and you kind of get it in a timely fashion. But when you kind of talk to some of these guys and you say, hey, I backed your book. Uh, can I get it in a timely fashion? They're like, oh, my God, you you want me to do a shit job? You want some fucking fucking little Caesar's books? Go to your local comic shop and buy those. It's like, dude, I just I just asked, can I get what I ordered on time? Bro, I, I just like murdered his mom or something. <laughs> fucking cringe, dude. Like, this so I'll, I'll, I'll leave it to you. If you went, because I, I know you have kids, right? So if you went to the mm-hmm. doctor and one of the kids had a sore throat, right? And your doctor <laughs> goes, you know what? I can't treat your kid today. Uh, come back in two weeks so I can give you better quality medicine. What the fuck? What the hell? <laughs> you know how fast I would never go back to that doctor ever again? You would never get my money in, in your life, actually. But What, a, a doctor? What, what, what? what are you talking about? You don't pay to go to a doctor. Oh, yeah. In Canada, you actually don't pay for medical no you pay 50 percent of your 
your salary and taxes. That's where oh, it goes. Lord. But, dude, have you noticed that a lot of the bullshit that they, these people literally would not accept in their real life, they accept here? It's like, no, no, no. You are just a weirdo. You actually don't know what a normal society is because you've been fucking, I don't know, in your room drawing a comic book page. That like, No, this is literally how most of life works. Some people are talking about McDonald's and Burger King and all that stuff. Despite what people might think about those companies, and I've, I've worked for them, they actually care about quality. Most people... Don't think that's a thing. The thing is you have to do a quality job, make quality food on time, and get it to the customer on time. That is the motto of these companies. Just No matter what people commonly believe about them, it's not true. Though their actions always show different, and I do agree with that, but the core motto of the business of any big business, like truck washes, truck washes have to clean like – guys have to, have to clean like 20 trucks a day. They have to be spick and span, clean, no dirt, nothing. Are you mm -hmm. telling me that these people can't get a comic book page done a day? Well, like, let me, dude, it's let me retarded, let me go man. over my experience. Okay, I did work retail, I did work fast food, but most of mm -hmm. my life I've been mm -hmm. working in um, call centers mm -hmm. and in uh, training for call centers. That's what I've done: training mm -hmm. and coaching for call centers, and you have always the same kind of people that turn around in there and mm -hmm. you kind of see the same thing in comics. Mm -hmm. You're going to have your actual overachiever people that shouldn't be there, but are there because they don't have anything else in their lives. That includes me. Most of the time, I'll be honest with you guys. You have a job because you've got three kids. So, you know, you got to pay the bills. So you're there. And you're always going to do the best job possible, the most efficient way possible. And if things go well, you're actually going to go up in the company. Does that make sense to you? I think so. Yeah. So these are your indies that actually go somewhere. You're Tyler Carpenter, as an example. He started small, and he's doing more and more and more projects. And people say his name now in all sorts of conversation. And he does come up. And he had some industry cred. Kind of lost it because he told people, you know, do your job. But, you know, he, he's the kind of guy who goes somewhere. Um, Ojo as well, the guy who does medicals. He's probably in that same category. He's a guy who's right. ready for the grind. He's a guy who is going to post about his comic every day. He's going to talk mm -hmm. about it and try to get people motivated to buy it and stuff like that. So you've mm -hmm. got that overachiever group. And those are the guys that are going to go up in the company or they're going to be good enough that another company is going to get them. So you're going to see mm -hmm. some indie, some of those indie people go to become pros or, you know, semi-pros. Then you or have your... Be, yeah, at least be that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then you have your the guy that's there and that's part of the <laughs> part of the building, basically. Yeah. That's your Larry Higgins. That's your uh what's his name? Ed? Larry's boss, Ben Dunn. Um who else in that category, I would say. Unfortunately, Donald DeLay is probably in that category as well. People that have been there forever, people that do a okay job. But they're not overachievers. They're not the people who are going to 
you know, try their artist and put their best feet forward all the time. They're used to doing what they do. So what's going to happen? They're going to do the same thing they always do. Does it work? Yeah, they can live off of that most of the time, right? Your same thing with your Graham Nolans, your Chuck Dixons. I mean, those guys, they've been doing it forever. I mean, you go to Chuck Dixon, you say, hey, can you write a book for me? Here's 6,000 bucks. He's going to do it because he wants yeah. the money. Mm-hmm. And for him, it's what, two weeks? <laughs> two weeks of work, probably. <laughs> I mean, he does. I mean, he's used to it, but he's never going to grow because they're not going to put that best foot forward. They're not going to go the extra mile necessary for it. And then you start falling into the category of people that are that shouldn't have a job or shouldn't be there. You're going to have your guys that uh, show up drunk to work. You're going to have your guys that show up to uh, to work and uh, you start looking at what they're doing and half of the stuff they do is crap and the other half is barely tolerable. I mean, those are your bottom tier creators. Those are not only people that won't go anywhere, but they're probably going to crash and burn. Mm-hmm. And those are those are more frequent than you think, but mm-hmm. we don't talk about those guys all that often in the end because so, they usually disappear. So I want to start it here because this mm-hmm. is going to be what the YouTubes is probably going to end up seeing because it's going to be pretty juicy. Mm-hmm. What is your biggest issues with the indie comic space right now? What did he? Hard to say, but I would say the actual problem is the glut we're getting of products. There's too much indie comics and not enough publishers. Because a lot of those people that we were talking about here, they need publishers. They need people over them saying, okay, yeah, you've got a book here. Yeah, but this is trash. This is trash. This is trash. Do it again. Or you've got people that'll come up with crazy ideas. If you add a publisher, you come with them to that crazy idea, they'll be like, look, give me six issues of your standard stuff, you know, your odd bad girls comic. Do me do that for six issues. Then you're gonna get your psychedelic mushroom induced dream. That that's fine. You don't have enough of those. Eric July has brought one of those forward, and that's what's scaring the fuck out a lot of people because he's an actual publisher now he's got people working for him and he's got he's not the writer and the edit he's the guy who's got the company yes he's writing his own book but in the end at the end of this year there's probably going to be more books written by other people than by eric july so we need more publishers for those indie people out there Mm -hmm. because right now we have too many things and not enough quality. The other thing to bring up here mm-hmm. is the actual people creating the books, actually. <laughs> so now, as everyone knows, I tend to be very spicy because, you know, I've always hated that people would see issues. But, you know, as I've always mentioned before, all my videos in the past and all my podcast episodes, there are times when you speak in broad generalities. And then there are times where you speak like when you're specifying what a person does. Now, the reason why I'm specifying this in a broad generality is because I've this is a pattern that I've seen out of a lot of people. And I think this would turn people off. Late books are a problem. Doesn't matter mm-hmm. how much you try to slice it. It is a problem. And if you don't want to take my word for it, because 
you know, I'm just a consumer, but I buy every single form of comic book there is. I buy floppies, I buy manga, I buy graphic novels, I buy omnibuses, I buy them all, right? Graham Nolan, the guy who, with Chuck Dixon, made Bane, one of Batman's most iconic villains to this day, wrote the story Nightfall. On his recent episode of one of his podcasts that he does, where he just answers super chats and goes over, like, common indie comic space problems, the, the title of, of the live stream and he was answering this question in depth in the mm. show, the title was, Does Late Books Hurt Crowdfunding? He mentioned these very two clear things that I want people to understand, okay? He mm. says, it. he literally said this verbatim for word for word. Mm. It doesn't take three to four years to make a book. It also, and he also, he, he literally made sure he specified this. Just because it took three to four years to make the book doesn't make it better quality, Okay. He also mentioned that's, the reason why that a lot of people got these books out late was because they were dicking around, okay? So when I hear people say, oh, well, this book is going to come out later. It's going to be better quality. First of all, that is a glass half full argument because let's say the book does come out late and the people do eventually do get the books that they back, which I do think I hope always happens. I hope even the, the book comes out late. I do hope you eventually get your book, okay? But if it does come out late. So various things are going to have to apply here because this is the onion we have to peel back kind of consistently. There's three main things. First things first, which is you yourself cannot quantify if everyone thought that book was quality even when it came late. I hate when people say those things, dude. They're so fucking retarded, okay? Oh, this book came late and I thought it was quality. Yeah, that's you. That's you specifically. That's You know what that means, people? That it's anecdotal evidence. You cannot apply that to a larger sample size when you no. yourself don't even know that. Second There's thing. You know the thing is with quality, okay? That's the argument a lot of them are coming with. Like, mm -hmm. like you're saying, it's very subjective. But there, there are objective things for quality. Yeah, sure. And it's mm -hmm. kind of what I try to bring up in a lot of my reviews, okay? Mm -hmm. And you, the, the books that I've seen that have some of the quality markers sure. are usually not the ones that are late. And they're usually not the ones in that yeah. weird category. because an artist, because usually the artist is going to be late, not the writer. The writer, I mean, he's just writing a script. Most of the time, it's just going to get done, and then he's waiting. Writers dicking around on the internet, unless they're having a campaign every month, is more, you know, logical. True. Mm -hmm. But artists, mm -hmm. I mean, some of the artists that I've seen uh, do stuff. I mean, I keep talking about shortcuts in comics. Mm -hmm. I mean, the people who use the most shortcuts are going to be the people that are late all the fucking time. Then, They're going to do the yeah. lazy backgrounds and the lazy right. this <laughs> and the lazy that. And, of course, if you point it out, people are going to get really mad at you, right? Because, <laughs> oh. I mean, I I, I, I pointed out that a, hmm. a panel or a page from, uh, what's his name, uh, Invincible was bad. I mean, they were trying yeah. to pimp up a, a colorist, and the page was they didn't use a his best white word. page. Yeah, <laughs> like, and then I'm like, no, this is not a good page to display coloring, and it's not a good page. Then I had an industry pro trying to say, like, no, this is a great page, and you don't know what you're talking about, bitch. <laughs> I've been reading comics for longer than you were alive, and yep. the second part mm -hmm. of this yeah. was. Bitch, I read French comics. Bande dessinée in general come out once a year. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. Uh, 
back in the A days, let's say the 60s and 70s, you could do two a year for your Raji Lelou and your, your mm-hmm. big producer guys there. They would probably be able to do two a year, but that was rough. Okay, those, I mean, those, that was a lot of work. And those guys were doing a lot of work. And some of them, I mean, I was saying earlier, pre-publishing, the weekly stuff, there was a while that Roger Leloup was doing four to six pages a week. And if you've ever seen Yoko Tsuno, okay, um, I'm trying to see if I can get a good page of an early comic mm-hmm. of it, because I want to... Oh, the other thing I want to make, ah, make that's sure I bring up fairly here. early. That's fairly mm-hmm. early. So I'm just going to try to get that page. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the Smurfs. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in. Oh, actually, that, that's a good page to just go through it. Just give me a second. I'll just share it. Okay. Give me a second. The other thing to bring up here is. When people say those things about late books and quality, <laughs> that is such a subjective thing that you can't actually quantify that as like some sort of like W, right? So as the kids would say now, that's not the flex you think it is. That's what that would be. That's what that would imply. Just because something comes out late doesn't make it better quality. Someone said, but there's been plenty of movies and TV shows that were delayed that came out quality. Yes, but there's also plenty of them. Uh, that there's were more of them. Like there's shit. more of them that failed. You see, look, that's, look that's this was mm-hmm. this was Roger Leloup's first thing that he did in comic. Yeah. See that here? Mm-hmm. It's a full on plane. And he did all the details you see in there is Andron. And he basically took an actual plane and looked like, okay, what should it look like on the inside? That's from Tintin. That's the first thing he did in comics. Right? He helped in the Smurfs. That's some some of his sci-fi work, which is a bit fancy. Uh, Well, that's fairly basic, but it's still, I mean, there's more detail in those panels here than what you see in most American comics. Where they have, you know, gradient backgrounds and stuff like that just the wave movements here is a shitload of work and this is another machine he decided to design for fun there that's the page i wanted to show this was done weekly he had to do four to six pages like this weekly yes you're telling me ethan van skyver can't do a 48 page book oh to mention there Jack, uh, the legend, Jack Kirby, they said wrote make, or drew four pages a day. Yeah. This they, is a legend you guys look up to. He drew four pages a day, okay? If you want it bad enough, like I've always mentioned in my videos, you'll go for it. it, it you know what I also find weird, dude? A lot of these people always bring up all these great people that they look up to. Those great people you look up to, guys, put in the extra work. And I know people are going to be like, give me examples of a guy that's big that can do it all. And since people only like one examples nowadays, I'll give you one. I'll, I'll give you two. John DeLaRose, two YouTube channels. He runs his own mm-hmm. website. He has a family, and he gets all his books out on time. Multiple series, too. Okay? Mm-hmm. So what is your excuse? People say, give me another one. Graham Nolan has a family, has a job, gets all his books out on time. Okay? Uh, so there is no excuses. The reason why you're in the place that you're at right now is because you're not putting in the amount of work that the other guys are doing. The reason why the bigger guys are 
have astronomically more success than you do because they're putting in a whole lot more work. Who's like, but I have family and all sorts of stuff. They do too. Oh, well, that's not an excuse. I'm sorry, guys. They have them too. Okay. There's moms out there that'll work like two jobs and have like five kids and still things are running pretty fine. Okay. So I just hate the excuses that some of you guys give. They're so bad. There's just trash. Just, 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 just here. Admit that you're just, you know, you're taking it like, like a passion project. That's it. Because that would be a lot more easier and a lot more understandable to admit you're just taking it as like a hobby than to sit here and bitch and moan constantly about how much you're not actually in, how, I mean, how much support you're getting. If you've got time, if, if you've got time to go on YouTube and stream for hours and stream for <laughs> hours, you've got time to. Oh, the other thing to mention. Work. The other thing to mention. Is the thing, but people talked about. I think Royce had a video There's talking about much, do yeah. in indie creators get a bit lazy when they go indie? Well, the thing to mention that he did in his video is, well, I, I, I wouldn't really say lazy because that does vary from person to person. The issue here is without the whole back end team getting the book done, then yes, there is a lot more because people factor in to get that floppy comic book on the shelves at a comic shop each month or the titles that do come out weekly. There's a lot that goes in that there's a lot that's involved in that. There, there is. And mm. all there's a lot of hands that have touched that book before you get to the shop, honestly. Now, if you're a single guy, you know, you could be doing the inking, the lettering, all that stuff on your own. Most people do have some sort of a team involved. But the thing here is if you want it, if you want this book to come out on time and you want it to come out quality, you need to focus on that. That that that's really all it is. I get it. Other things can come up. I get it. You can have printer issues. I get it. You can have delays. You, you could have a family member pass away. That's like understandable shit. But I'm talking. What I'm also also referencing is that people will have crowdfunders that'll start between like 2021 or 2022, and you're now just getting in. First of all, no updates. This is so cringe. And then you you have the nerve to ask some of these guys, "Hey, where's this project at?" They just act like little fucking children half the time. So cringe, for the most part, you know. I, I think if some of you guys are as big as draws you say you are, why don't you have your own website where people can buy the books directly from you? You get more of the money yourself. A lot of them are trying to now to get that going. There's mm -hmm. a there's a lot of people uh trying new things now. I think there's mm -hmm. there was a fire that was lit under people's butt last year. Mm -hmm. That's basically what's going on now. So the but we're getting to a point where some people don't want to change because they're very, very comfortable in this particular environment that they have because they can go on Indiegogo, put something up and make ten, twelve thousand dollars per run. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're going to have the odd person here and there like your EVS that's going to be able to put up something and get, and get in the hundred thousand dollars. And they're very, very comfortable with that because it goes on top of the money they're making with their, um, with their YouTube shit, mm -hmm. which is now the most important part of their revenue, to be honest. So, for them, they're very, very comfortable with what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. The people that are not comfortable 
uh, are the people like a little bit lower in that food chain. The people who have to do like six campaigns a year at 10, 12,000 per campaign. Your Tyler Carpenters, as an example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has to put in the work and he's not comfortable in that particular position. He said it himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if there was a publisher out there, I'm going to back run back to that. If there was a publisher out there ready to take on those people, it would be better. Yeah. So Tyler you have does a great that... job, actually, given his plate in his life, family, and all that stuff. He does a great job, actually. Gets the stuff done on time as well. Like I keep saying, in the same quarter, I'm good. <laughs> same year, not as good. Same quarter of a century, no, you're doing something wrong. But that's what we've basically seen here. And like the people that are comfortable are the ones that are whining the most. And they're the people who are going about the, uh, well, this is uh, this is terrible. You shouldn't be saying that uh, we're mm-hmm. late and uh, the, the, the blah, 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 all that stuff. Ooh. And another thing that came to my mind, you know what the last the last thing I'll say, which is, oh, when everyone always tells each other their work is good. Guys, that cannot be true. Not everyone's stuff is good because by that logic, then a whole bunch of people's stuff would be doing very well in the crowdfunding space. Their books will be doing very well on that particular website, maybe Kickstarter, Egogo for my comic. It just could be the thing that everyone's stuff is not really good. You know, like people will like talk about that new Star Wars director lady who's going to help that (laughs) shitty female movie that's coming out for that fucking Star Wars ray bullshit's mm-hmm. coming out later on they'll be like yeah she was her documentaries are really good none of you have seen anything that lady's ever done to even even say if they were good or bad or average so that's what i'm mentioning here a lot of these guys gas each other up i would say they drink their own coffee or drink each other's coffee too much not all of your stuff is really good that just can't be a thing because if it's all really good and no one's bad, then how can anybody improve? Because these guys always talk about improving. Well, how can you improve if all your stuff is really good? By that logic, then you can't improve. That's, reta- it's, that's stupid. It's dumb as hell. <laughs> it's one of the dumbest things I ever hear. All our your stuff is good. And this thing, when people say these things, they don't. They haven't even bought your book. People haven't even backed your book. Have you guys noticed that no one talks about these stories at all? Even for people, someone like Ethan. Does anybody really talk about cyber frog stories? I'm just saying, like, I've never heard someone actually physically talk about cyber frog story. All I've heard is that the covers look good, the chromium covers look awesome, and his art's great. I have not heard a single person in my life detail what is happening in one of those cyber frog books. I have never heard it. Well, that's what my channel, well, originally was about, honestly. I want people to know what's in those books. Mm-hmm. And not enough people talk about what's in those books. They talk about the drama surrounding the books for the most no, part. No, they talk about the drama the surrounding the book a whole lot, and yeah. they talk about the campaign. The campaign's really important. Uh, the campaign's so good. The campaign's so good. Even though they daily back at themselves. I find that so crazy, right? <laughs> but I mean, you keep get, you keep getting creators on your channel that are all there to promote their campaigns. Well, not mm-hmm. all of them, but most of them are there to promote their campaign. That's all they really talk about. And they always say the same things over (laughs) and over and over. And I mean, when I get something really fantastic, I'm surprised. I mean, the quality I'm getting from, I mean, I must be a little bit more discerning because I am lucky. I don't think I've gotten any really awful books. 
but the I mean the quality I get for most book is you know okay this is the level that I am at most of the books I get indie or mainstream whatever I'm okay with it when someone does something special I'm impressed and that's for the art for the writing the quality of the writing is average at best for everybody I mean I haven't had any books that I say could in my inbox and in my stuff that I've bought that are I really find are either revolutionary or I mean that changes how I wanted to do things or even you know how can I say this it's hard to say I mean there isn't hasn't been a book in the stuff I've read recently that have made me want to change myself do something better at least not in the indie sphere, not in the most sphere. I mean, the book that I found the most touching recently is a stupid cartoon from France called Dad, about a single dad with four daughters. And I read that, and I'm happy, because I see a guy even even worse than I am trying to do the best he can to raise four daughters on a, a pitiful salary. That's actually interesting to read. And that's fun. And it makes me feel like, okay, maybe I should do more with my kids. Maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that, which is not something that I get from. I mean, we get, we get what? Superhero book, superhero book, superhero book, superhero book. Mm-hmm. That's right. another issue, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, I've got Project Nahosis, uh recently, which is a, I mean, it's one of those projects that uh, Eric July backed. Oh yeah, Voltanaris is good too. I've had Jack Lloyd on the show. He's awesome. I've yeah, I definitely. And I, I mean, I read through the thing, and it's not great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's okay. It's like most of those projects I go through. They're okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would, if you were in the eighties, you would probably be in the middle of the pack with the rest of the stuff. Right. Yeah. Oh, another thing to mention with some of these guys do is some of these guys get offended on other people's behalfs in the space <laughs> way too much so gothics put this tweet out and i was like that's sh- that tweet right there that she put out should go on the internet hall of fame people getting offended on other people's behalfs is cringe i think it's something like she said right a lot of these guys will start picking fights with other people even though they have nothing to do with the situation and they're not even who that person is even talking about so like eric made a video talking about like crowdfunding right and people took that and just really misunderstood what he, what, he, what he was mentioning there and everything then you have people getting all offended about something that they've never did that he was even saying or they'll try and make up some weird straw man that never even existed you know so like you know how people don't fulfill their campaigns and they're late as fuck well if you're someone who is not late you get some you get stuff done on time and you get your books out and your fulfillment goes great then you would not be the person that all of us are talking about. But it's people that have no, that have not done anything wrong that'll go out of their way and be like, oh, but did this person, what the fuck? You're, you've done nothing wrong, but you're sitting here like offended on these other guys' behalf. Like, no, if you want to be offended by something, how about you get offended by these other guys not fulfilling their fucking books and making someone like you who's got the books done look bad? Like these guys will come, these people will come to their defenses, and it's so cringe of what you guys do. It's like, oh, don't talk about him like that. What are you, his fucking wife? What's 
Well, they, for oh, some of them, shit. for some of them is because I, what we see a lot of these people do mm-hmm. is because they've got something to hide or they've got something that's mm-hmm. weighing on their souls. So when someone comes out and says like, yeah, people crowdfunding, maybe you should be a little bit better with your updates. You should maybe deliver on time. You shouldn't over ask for stuff. Those people have something mm-hmm. in their uh, in their art there, and they're really, really. Uh, whenever someone brings it out, they get they get mad because well, someone actually said what they're afraid of. They're afraid of people knowing. I mean, I don't understand half the beef that's going on online. Let's be honest, because I don't think it. Yeah. Under- but I mean. When you look at the whole EVS thing, that's that's the whole thing here. Mm-hmm. Right now, it, honestly, it's EVS. I have no idea where that came from. I mean, I've got my supposition that EVS is terrified and he's feeling the crunch. But, I mean, why is he doing this? It's not helping his... Well, it's helping his algorithm, I guess. He's getting more clicks on YouTube. Yeah. But it's not helping him in the long run. He's losing fans. I mean, I got 250 bucks refunded from his campaigns. So you actually went along and got the refund from the whole, I think you said Rec Planet, right? Uh, Rec Planet and uh, three, uh, all, I basically ordered everything he had. Oh, and never received it. <laughs> but uh, one, one, one more thing there is I'm not saying that everyone's did stuff like him or other people. Like if you're not someone, if you're someone that's not doing those things, then you're not in the conversation, though. You don't got to be, like, inserting yourself in something that you have no business being in. Because then you would come off like those allied people that are just there just to fucking argue for arguing's sake. The people that don't fulfill their stuff should make – it makes you look bad. Because if you're, if you're fulfilling your stuff and your audience is happy, the person that's not doing that is making you look bad. And that that's the thing is updates are good. And this whole like nonsense about quality and lateness going hand in, it, it doesn't, it literally doesn't. There's plenty of people that get stuff done quality and on time. And if you think it's not quality, it doesn't matter because it's subjective. And those things, what's the thing, thing in math? I, I think you said you taught math before. Like, isn't the thing of like negative and negative because of positive, they like cancel out or something like that? It's a math thing for like negatives and positives. We're like, as many people that say it's bad, there's going to be many people that say it's good. Well, Eric will be another example of that. People say, but I got Eric's books and I didn't like them. That's cool, but other people did. So that doesn't mean anything. It's, it's, what? That's not a win, people. Okay, that's not how that works, okay? Like, it's like a, a bunch of people arguing a bunch of semantics. Oh, the last thing we'll, men, we'll mention in this clip that's going to go on YouTube uh, is right here. I, I know I know you didn't like, like this one a lot, but I found this one kind of fun. The whole, like, entitlement thing, you know? The entitlement that some of these guys have is ridiculous. It's Unreal. Did you I not mean, see it, that? Which one is that? Can you can you share a, a whatever? Oh Lord! That? It was the narrative that you know bigger creators don't help with the smaller guys. They don't repost oh, their stuff. They don't like bullshit. support their campaigns. It's so stupid. Like, for, first of all, guys, if we're just gonna break it down to like an absolute base level, you're not even entitled to have like loving parents in your life. Some, some kids are like, can't just work on YouTube. Trafficked. For a black a better term, right? You you're not even entitled to even have a good life, okay? So the fact that you feel like people are entitled to promote your comic book, come on, like that's really really cringe. Second of all, no one has to do anything for anyone. 
That's just how it works. If a bigger mm -hmm. person wants to support you and they willingly do it, that's fine. Most of you guys just come off like clout chasers, if I'm just being honest here. You guys just want access to their bigger audience, and that's it. You don't genuinely like them. But and it doesn't generate it doesn't generate that much revenue to go on a bigger channel. I mean, look mm -hmm. at uh what's his face? Um the guy that did the underworld movies that went on oh, Kevin Trice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean his campaign didn't do that great. It, yeah, back to Eric's help I, got over the the edge of the line that he wanted to. That that's pretty much it. I mean, I backed it because I saw him on there and I was like, Yeah, that sounds cool. Mm -hmm. And I mean, once I once he started talking about Underworld, I was like, Oh, I mean, Underworld's not a great movie, let's face it, but <laughs> they were fun. They were fun, and the chick was hot, right? That's hmm. enough for me. Hmm. You did a hot chick in letter. I mean, it works. <laughs> Tits hanging out. Oh, I gotta yeah. dig it. But that's the thing, though. Some of these I mean, guys it doesn't help that much, yeah. but the opposite doesn't help either. We've seen it recently. Yeah. I mean, you go and you trash Eric July and you trash all those people while you have a campaign going on trying to get those eight <laughs> clicks and those eight people. Those people are not buying your fucking book. Those people are not going out of their way to go to your campaign and buy your book because you don't have money. Someone. Well, you know, and no, some of them don't have money, obviously, but you also have that. There's just they're not going to go. I mean, they, they don't support comic. They don't like comic. What they like is the drama and the bullshit going around. And you're not going to sell books with that drama. Whatever Larry says, you're not selling books with drama. And he proved it himself, even though he yeah. doesn't want to admit it. Yeah, he, he had, he had three backers on his Indiegogo second chance campaign. Started trashing all sorts of people, trying doing all sorts of weird shit. <laughs> it, didn't even, it didn't even generate one additional backer. What's the I mean, point he... of wasting your marketing time yeah. doing that? Because that's what it is. In yeah. the end, if you're a creator and you have those campaigns going, your time is your marketing time. You right. need to mm -hmm. spend that marketing time correctly. And yeah. I mean, I just spend 17 hours. Well, no, I'm not done yet. I've still got three hours less of so 14 hours doing marketing courses. Mm -hmm. Every single one of those marketing courses says the customer comes first. Every single one of them. So why is it not the same in comic? Well, a lot of like I'll use an example of the one you gave. So like with uh Nerdrotic and Ryan. So Ryan is like 274k subscribers on YouTube. Gary's are like 950. Ryan's appeared on FNT for the longest time. There's not been that much of explosion in subs. It, it, it's kind of like after you get that first brunt of people that see you as a new person and they like you, after that, it's that's pretty much it. There's only so much a collab can do and first of all it's not a bigger person's job to share their audience with you or to market your stuff for you how about you go do it yourself someone says but it's not i'm not really seeing that much success you're not for first of all because yeah don't get this just because you do you first just because you do your first ever creative anything doesn't mean you are guaranteed success okay that is such a crazy thing to think oh i'm doing Most my first ever thing i'm gonna get success it's like that's how that works it's literally not how that works at all Unless I mean, I'm going insane. Unless you're, unless you're, I mean, the, the reason why Eric July at work was because he had an audience before and he mm -hmm. worked a shitload to get an audience, right? Mm -hmm. It's not, it, it's not a thing that happened overnight. 
And one thing that I find really insulting is that some people go like, yeah, I've been working 16 years on building my campaign and building this and that. And then you're like, yeah, Rick July has been doing it for 18 years too. Why is he at 300, 500,000 subs and getting million dollar campaigns? Well, you've been doing it for 16 years and you got jack shit. <laughs> I mean, all it proves is that is not that he's got a bigger fan base. It's proved that in, in his 16 years, He's done a shit lot more than you did. And it could also be a personality thing, too. Some of these guys have just the worst personalities, man. Yes. I'm being honest here. Also, the reason why another person might not want you, the channel is actually speaking. Some of the people I've had on back in the day, not anybody had on where the shows are kept up, okay? The shows mm -hmm. are kept up, they're fine. Because if you guys know, I would believe that shit it was trash. Mm -hmm. There's some of the smaller guys, you guys just can't talk to people. It's very clear you have problems with talking to someone else in general. Most of the time, You're just kind of talking through them, not actually listening. And that's a big problem. And that's the thing is, no bigger person is going to want that. First of all, a bigger person's life depends on this house payments, uh, credit cards, you know, insurance, and all that stuff. You know, you have to make money off doing this stuff. And if you're not someone that can talk properly and you're going to be someone who's just going to be a complete insufferable asshole, there's no reason to have you on. It just isn't. And you don't benefit them either. It'll be a, it'll be a favor to them to have you on, you know? That's the thing is there's so much problems in the indie comic space and the drama is the worst part of it. Like a lot of this drama is just, it's like what I mentioned to you before at the beginning part of the show, go rehash Dragon Ball Z narratives constantly year and year and year and year out. <laughs> it's a lot of constant rehash things where if you don't understand these things, there's no point in trying to explain them because your brain just isn't going to comprehend it. Like you, you can tell some of the stuff is like poking in some of these guys' brains, but it doesn't really penetrate. It's like, it, it's, it's knocking, it's getting in there, but they're like, no, it has to be this way. Like, friend Larry, he's like, well, books should, I, comic books are like 24-page floppies you buy in a comic book shop. That, bro, that hasn't been really happening for like years, decades, actually. Yeah. Like, the market's massively changed since The then. worst thing is the way he writes. I mean, he writes well. I mean, his books are okay. Mm -hmm. The dialogues are good. Mm -hmm. But he writes for graphic novels. That's what he does. He should be putting out 68 pages graphic novels. He shouldn't be putting out floppies. Mm -hmm. They would probably do better. But he doesn't want to change that mentality because he wants to be mainstream. Like a lot of those creators, they mm -hmm. want to be mainstream. Right. Yeah, a lot of them don't know how to talk, but that's normal. Creators are... Creator being a, a face and someone who's marketing himself is mm -hmm. not normal we and right now it's the current normal but it's not normal i mean I, i've never had an interview with uh, roger lelou i've never seen one i've seen <laughs> some in newspaper but newspaper interviews are very different than you know oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. interview like mm -hmm. us right yeah and i mean i've seen some of those and those are the greatest french artists what you'll have is newspaper articles about them and interviews in newspaper or in magazines and magazines people you're going to have an interview with the creator mm -hmm. and those are curated those i mean they get sent the questions they answer them they send them back they have time to write them they're not going to be face-to-face -face stuff it's normal that creatives are not face personalities they're artists artists are not meant to be faces it's that simple and right now That's what we're trying to get people to be. And it mm -hmm. doesn't work for a lot of them. Like I said, what you need is publishers. We don't and have enough publishers. 
That, that, that's the thing that you know how that one guy backfire was talking about uh what did the pro what problem did the riververse solve books coming out on time the reason why i i think a lot of campaigns do not succeed or get less than what creators should is because the idea of a crowdfund is mostly supporting the idea of something but a lot of people are going to look at that and go that kind of sounds i'm not saying these people have scammed people these people do get their books out at some point even though they come out extremely late that's what the general person is going to look at it and say that person could just take that money and run or if you have you know, someone who has a legit business apart to it and releases the books out on time to people when you buy them from like their websites, that creates a whole different dynamic that the scene is needed. Whether people like Eric or not is irrelevant. That does change the theme, you know, because that's what makes it more mainstream. You can go on any website, buy something from someone and they ship it to you. Whereas you go on crowdfund, you bought, you purchase it, but you know, the deadlines are pretty sus, no updates and creators just fucking around on twitter doing some bullshit like what the hell you know i mean you can tell your boy zach hey, that boy you boy zach or whatever <laughs> i mean he's got how many campaigns going on right now like and none of them are right? and none of them are have fulfilled like he literally said like okay i need to get my head on my ass stop streaming because he i mean i i think you can do both i disagree with him on that i like i, I like your boy zach i like him but you can do both it's because these guys have bad time management you know well, like i said if you're an if you're the author fine mm -hmm. i mean uh, chuck dixon can go stream how much however much he wants i'm pretty sure he can write an entire comic series in a week if he wants to mm -hmm. pretty sure he's that good I mean, if um, who else there? If Mark Millar wants to stream, yeah, go <laughs> ahead, man. You're already four years in advance, so you're good. <laughs> a little, a little far ahead, I, mean, I would say. <laughs> but I mean, any artist, if you're an artist and you're streaming, there's a problem. I mean, what's his face? Uh, Alexopoulos, the guy who's doing the uh, Ghost in the Badland comics mm -hmm. for uh, Razor Fist. He's not streaming anymore. He's working on the book. Yeah, yes, he's fucking around on. He's fucking around on, twi on Twitter my, all the time and being a dick. Mm -hmm. But he I'll is dedicated to like finishing the, his um, damn book, and he's having all the time too. So, like with the Iron Man podcast, like I mentioned to people, is I've spent nothing but trying to get this thing on the podcasting platforms. That I made sure I took a day out to get this terabyte hard drive so I can get more episodes downloaded because I ran out of storage space to get it done. A lot of these guys don't understand. If you want to get your book out on time, even if you want to put it out quality, it has that's it, that's be the only thing on your mind to get it done. I'm not saying you can't think about your family. I'm not saying that, but the most famous people ever in anything dedicate their whole lives to whatever they're doing to make sure it's the best thing that can come out on time, right? Like mm -hmm. chefs who work in restaurants where all they do is like cook all day. All they're thinking about is giving out the best quality product of food you're going to eat while also dedicating their time to it, while also understanding, hey, I've got, I can't do nothing else but this. A lot of these guys, you can tell from their actions, they don't want it bad enough. You you can tell. I can tell. I can, I know this from a mile away, you know? And then they're going to get mad when someone else has more results than them. It's like, that's how it goes, buddy. Like, that's how it goes, bro. When you don't want it bad enough and you put in less of the work than someone else, they're going to outpace you in something. It's just how it goes. You know, yeah, there is luck involved, but it's not as much as you guys would like to believe, though. You know, is there any other thing in the indie comic space we should go over? We covered. Oh, last thing. I knew I was going to forget this. It, let's just say if the indie comic space wants to compete with the mainstream. Nothing will do. Let's say if you do. Well, books coming out late is not going to do that. People's attention spans are terrible now. You guys have heard of like 
YouTube short, Facebook reel, Instagram reel, TikTok brain. Yeah. Well, if that's the people we have nowadays to deal with, your book coming out three to four years late because you want to do quality, whatever fucking bullshit that is, that ain't going to cut it. Okay. It's just not. People are going to forget you like yesterday. It's just how it works. You know, the enthusiasm surrounding you is going to dwindle if you don't put stuff out on time. It just is. People have so many more and more things they could dedicate their time to, and you have to give them a, a legit reason to dedicate time to you. You know, you're not competing with anyone putting out a book five years later. That, that guy was trying to argue with Eric about this book coming out five years later is this, this, and this, and this. Oh, good. So when you do a next book, all those people that are going to potentially support you are not going to be there because they forgot you even existed and they know your book is late. And when your book is late, you become known as unreliable. You know, and also some of these guys, when they have backers on some of their campaigns, something we also didn't mention here on this is they don't really see you as customers. They see you as backers or like investors, as he said. Well, if I'm an investor, then I could just pull out my investment the next time. I didn't like my investment the first time. It took too long to get to my result. So I can just pull out of it then. If we're going to be treated like investors, then I can do investor shit then, right? I'm not your customer, right? These people have terrible customer satisfaction or customer relationship skills. It's, it's no, awful. And, and as I was saying, the first thing in everything marketing right now, especially digital marketing, the mm -hmm. customer comes first. Mm -hmm. Well, if you guys want to see more segments like this, you know, make sure you guys follow me on Rumble and Twitch and uh, Twitter. You guys can see the full episodes of the Iron Man podcast. Uh, Professor, check out his channel. Link will be in the description box below. And we'll see you guys later. Peace. Okay, well, that'll be clipped out. And yeah, oh, good Lord. It's just, oh, there's so much stuff. Now, now I, dude, I understand why Tyler, you know, got out of talking about this stuff. It's just, it's just a bunch of, it's just a fucking literal death spiral. It, all this stuff is a death spiral. The main industry is a death spiral. The comic space is mostly a death spiral. And mm -hmm. you have people that will, somehow say it's not this bad even though we can that's the thing though you can't even talk about things you're seeing with your own eyes you know you're like hey i i'm saying i know this is a problem no it's not you don't understand you're not a creator it's like well fuck you then what the fuck? what what uh, i don't yeah. get it i just don't get it people it's just so bad oh my friend yombi is uh... <laughs> he's live yeah as usual. Uh, I mean, he, he, he's trying. He's trying the. He's trying the YouTube stuff to basically make his money. And then, yes, he's made like a, he posted it. He said he's like two fifty last month, mm -hmm. which is not bad. I mean, that's, that's mostly YouTube revenue. If you're on that level, that's what I was pretty much getting a little bit less than that when I had my main channel. It's people think I was making so much money. I was like, dude, no, I'm not. I I'll show you if you think it's. If you think I'm lying to you, I was getting like 120, 150 literal money. I could just pay my electric bill or my internet bill off with. No, that's good. I mean, th that's literally what I want. That's it. That's what I want for my channel. I mean, in the end, if I can have a channel and it pays for itself, I'm fine. Yeah. At, at a certain point, after all the years of effort I put into it, it basically, if I used it to just pay off like bills or whatever, that's all I really was. And I never really got the chance to spend, to spend the money on myself. It literally, it direct deposit into my account. Oh, I have my internet bill due today. I just paid it out of that. So there you go. <laughs> but, it's, but to be fair, it does help if that's extra money that you don't have to willingly spend out of your own paycheck. And, you know, like people are thinking, even when, when someone like like you, like you're a dad, you're like married, you work a full time job, and you still find a time to do YouTube. 
it, that's the thing. People have way more free time than they than they know they do, and they just don't know how to use it properly. That's it. You know, like there's just no way that you think you don't have enough free time. Like today, I know I had a few, few extra hours to rest before the show. I'm gonna do that. You know, but mm-hmm. I know you got to get out here soon. It's uh late for you in a little bit. But, yeah. Um, so uh, last things I'll last see you, you guys later. Uh, last things last you two things mm-hmm. plans for 2024. Um, for the channel. At least two videos a week, probably one battle tech video on the Tuesday and one comic video on the Friday. I might do short videos like I did one today, just trying to see if it does anything. It's mm-hmm. a battle tech one, so it'll probably do like a couple hundred views, something like that. We'll mm-hmm. see. And uh, I'll try to do the same thing with some comic video, just do not the full review, just like I do quick reviews on Twitter. I might just do that quick review but put it on twitter on youtube as well just to have content i guess because I, I i don't know how the algorithm work we'll see <laughs> that's basically my plans for 2024 for uh streaming basically and any shout outs you want to give to anyone in particular anything else you want to say before you head out um geez i don't really have any big campaigns i'm supporting right now i'll be honest uh, everything is either closed or is closing. All I know is Tyler's coming up with something yeah, probably next week. Horse. <laughs> That's actually a really fun book. Just something really, it would work in just about any language as well. So seriously. Um, yeah, I don't have anything to really try to push right now. I haven't seen anything come on my feed or anything that was interesting enough for me to jump on all i see is drama <laughs> it's every time man and now yeah we'll probably get into this you know later on on saturday show but twitch announced theo did twitch has not been profitable so that happens Imagine when you go around that. spending yeah that's what happens when you go around spending millions and millions on streamers and you get into like these bidding wars that's what you don't do actually but uh we will see you guys later thank you guys for coming out and check out the show whether you're watching live on the replay, your support is greatly always appreciated. And we'll see you guys later. Deuces. Peace.